You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 280. In this episode, how to avoid common pitfalls that lead to weight gain during stressful times and four tools to help end destructive behaviors such as overeating or stress eating, plus a major update on the strong and powerful community and how you can access for free all of the courses and on-demand workouts that are going to be there. Well, today is October 1st, and it's hard to believe that the holidays are coming soon. And yes, October is usually the beginning when we start thinking about Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and then New Year's and all those other wonderful things that happen in between. And sometimes it can be rather difficult to stay in control and to stay on track with your training and nutrition and, of course, your motivation and the amount of stress that usually goes on during this time period. And that stress is what we're going to talk about today and how to handle it, and more specifically, how to handle food and stress. Food and stress seem to go hand in hand for several reasons. Food can cause you stress, and stress can cause you to crave food or eat more food. This manifests itself in a few ways, culminating in a vicious cycle that is almost impossible to end unless you use the tools that I give you during today's podcast. So here's how food and stress work together to ruin your fitness plan. Eating the wrong foods or lack of eating the wrong foods or right foods, sorry, like skipping meals can cause stress. Stress can cause you to overeat or eat the wrong foods. And then you begin getting into that vicious cycle. Now, a lack of good quality nutrients that might come from overeating the wrong foods can cause you to have cravings. And you go all the way back to the beginning of that whole vicious cycle of eating foods that don't satisfy the needs of your body and therefore your body craves more food and on and on. But don't worry, I'm going to set you up with the right mindset and tools to break that cycle once and for all. We know stress is damaging on many levels, and turning to food as a way to relieve stress is definitely detrimental to your body and your mindset. So here's what's happening when you use food as a way to fight stress. The first thing you're doing is probably masking the real issue. The second thing you're doing is creating another stressor upon yourself, and the third thing you're creating is an entirely new problem. So let's first talk about the thing that is happening in the beginning. You are most likely masking the problem. So usually there's some problem or issue that's causing you stress. And rather than dealing with it, you kind of turn to something that you're used to, which is food. So you may be so accustomed to dealing with dieting and thoughts of food that that is actually your comfort zone. Your comfort zone actually lies in that whole diet cycle because you've been through it so many times. But rather than addressing the big issue or problem that's causing you the stress, your body, your mind, they kind of default back to the thing that it does most, eat, diet, and worry about that. It's important to recognize this when you're using food as an escape to mask the real problem because you probably won't because you've done it so many times. Now, the second thing is that, of course, you're creating a whole nother stress point. Turning to food not only masks the problem, but it creates a whole new problem. If your body and your brain are lacking the proper substance to function well, then you're putting your brain and your body under stress, and you're going to feel terrible mentally and physically, and that's going to put further stress on your already tapped out system. 
and you're creating a new problem. Now, on top of whatever problem or situation was stressing you out, you have a whole new slew of problems in regards to body fat, energy levels, and the food issue. So whether it's mindless eating or binging, improper nutrition is going to make you feel tired and lethargic and really low in strength. Plus, it's going to mess up your blood sugar levels. And when those get messed up, remember, you're going to be cranky. And you may feel lightheaded, forget things, feel anxious or jumpy. Um, you're just not going to feel right. Your low blood sugar does damage to your body and your metabolism, and it can also stress out the people around you who have to put up with you when you're in that state. But the worst part is that it forces your body to hold on to body fat, and that's definitely not what you want. So besides using food to fuel your body, you also want to use you also want to use fuel to keep your body less stressed. Because when stressed, your cortisol levels increase. And there's more and more studies beginning to show that that increased cortisol contributes directly to belly fat. So obviously, you want to keep those cortisol levels lower for multiple reasons. If cortisol levels are high due to stress, that's going to inhibit your fat loss. And that's going to cause your brain to be a lot more edgy, kind of like where you feel nervous all the time. You've got too much adrenaline, and that's not always a good thing. That can actually cause your body to hold on to fat, tear down your body even more, and make it difficult to recover from your daily stress, let alone your workouts. And of course, if you can't recover from your workouts, your body's not going to change at all, and you're not going to get the sculpted look or the weight loss that you want. And that, of course, is going to cause more stress. And we end up in this whole cycle again of stress causing you to hold on to body fat and body fat causing you to have more stress. There are many different ways to reduce your stress, but only so many that you can actually control yourself. And one of them is to keep your blood sugar levels as even as possible and making the right choices for meals and eating on a schedule are the two most important things to do that. So just those two little things can lower your cortisol and help your body release fat for energy and keep your brain clear and functioning well, which means you'll make good choices too. And that'll make you feel better and you'll have more energy to actually go to the gym and keep on track for your goals. The first tool you're going to use to get control of this is actually to plan and control your meals. So having a plan for your meals and a plan for when things kind of get off course. Kind of like an emergency plan if you forget your lunch or if something gets scheduled and you can't eat your lunch or anything else that might throw off your plan. Now in the Fitness Makeover program, we go into more detail about why you need to have meals in a certain structure and what the purpose of each nutrient and component is. And that helps you better understand why you need to eat certain foods and how they're going to make you feel. And we also provide many different options for each component of a meal like protein, carbs, fats, and also the different choices you might be able to make if you have to go out to eat. Your main purpose should be to plan your meals that, of course, you have total control over. So for example, you can plan, where am I going to get my food on this day? Where can I get my meals? What time can I get my meals eaten? Or what structure is that going to be? You know, let me plan what I'm going to eat, or at least have some idea of what I can grab to eat at certain points during the day so that your body can stay well fueled. So with that under as much control as you can make it, you're already better armed to keep your body on track, to keep your blood sugar levels even, and to start burning fat. 
Plus, your brain is going to feel a lot better, your body's going to function better, and you're going to find yourself more motivated to actually go work out. So the first thing in reducing your stress is using your food and eating at regular times. And it might seem kind of boring, but your body wants to be on a schedule. So doing your proper combinations of protein, carbs, and fibrous carbs, or your vegetables, keeping those at the right times so that your energy levels stay steady is going to help your body release a whole lot of stress. And of course, your mind will too. And that is definitely got to be on the highest priority of your list of things that you can control. Now, of course, we're always going to have those different stressors going on through the day. We're always going to have things that come up or something happens that throws off our schedule. But if you have a plan and you get a little bit off schedule, you can get back on your plan as soon as possible. But if you have no plan at all, then you're really kind of lost and that's going to cause you more stress and cortisol and belly fat. Tool number two also has to do with your nutrition and your food. You make the conscious choice to avoid turning to food when you are stressed out. So if you find yourself wanting to turn to food when you're stressed out, well, first you want to ask yourself, is this a bodily need? Is this something that I'm craving because I'm missing something? Um, is this something that I'm not listening to that my body needs? Maybe you're low in energy. Maybe you missed a meal or you're missing some um, components or vitamins. You know, what is lacking in my food intake, which is also known as diet? Diet doesn't necessarily mean restrictive. It just means what you're eating. So if you feel like you're craving something, you, know, you can ask yourself, does my body need something like salt or sugar? And you might know, you might not know. But for example, maybe you're craving something salty. Well, your body could be low in salt because you did a whole lot of exercise and it's been very hot outside and you're dehydrated. So yeah, your body might need a little extra salt. So choose a healthy salt like nuts rather than potato chips. Or if you feel like you're craving sugar, then have a healthy fruit for a snack. These fruits have natural sugars, but they also have fiber to help keep those blood sugar levels more steady. Now, if you can take a moment to analyze some of the different cravings and something might be lacking, then you can fill that need and then you can stay on track. In the next podcast, we're going to go through some of the different nutritional deficiencies, certain vitamins that are lacking when you crave certain foods. But for now, let's just try to pay attention to what type of cravings you're actually having. So tool number two actually has two parts. The first part is when you're turning to food, when you're stressed, is to ask yourself, is this a bodily need? Is there something missing from what I'm eating? Now, the second part is to ask yourself, am I using food to ignore the other problem. And I know sometimes it's hard to ask yourself, hey, am I turning to food to avoid whatever else is going on, which is masking it? This step is definitely leaving your comfort zone, but it's going to make a huge difference. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And the better you're going to create new habits, such as stopping and thinking about what's going on and why you're turning to food. And the more times you start to have a craving, and you can actually stop yourself and say, you know, is my body telling me something? Am I not listening to it? Um, is, am I lacking something in my diet? Or am I just trying to kind of avoid this other situation or this other problem? But the more times you do that, the easier it becomes. And after a while, you don't even have to go through that little checklist. You just know what's going on and it's either one or the other and you can figure it out. Tool number three has to do with mindset and motivation. And this has to do with figuring out what the source of the stress is. So when you feel that urge to overeat 
is to use your mind instead of your emotions to figure out the source of your stress. And once you can figure that out, you can alleviate the problem and you can adapt to relieve the stress. For example, procrastination. It's a very common self-inflicted stress. And a lot of times you're not forced into procrastination. You just do it because you're either afraid of the outcome or you don't want to face the problem or it's just one of those tedious things that you don't want to do. The best way to tackle it is head on and get it done with. There's a saying, feared things first, and that's definitely easier said than done. However, once you do it, it gets easier to do again and again and again. So step outside of yourself and look at these things from a different perspective. And that actually is what tool number three is. That is your perspective, mindfulness, and some mantras. So when you look at things from a different perspective, ask yourself, is this task really going to kill me? Is it really going to be the end of the world? You know, don't try to think of all the possible outcomes. If you've already done a little bit of thinking on the task, you know, trust yourself and start doing it. The sooner you start, the sooner it's done. And then you realize usually it wasn't so bad after all. And plus you'll feel empowered and stronger and you're going to be less stressed because you have started to make those little check marks or lines through your list and you feel better once you accomplish something. So Face it, we all have these lists that are just like overwhelming proportion. And anytime you can knock something off of it, you're going to feel good and you're going to start moving in a forward progression. So keep in mind, procrastination is always going to cause you more stress and not do any good at all. And that also applies to your workouts and to your eating. I mean, have you ever said, oh, I'll, I'll start eating better tomorrow? No, you can actually start eating better right now. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just step by step, little by little, make some improvements. And the same thing applies for your workouts. They don't have to be perfect, kick-ass, euphoric-type workouts. They just have to move your body. And we're going to talk more about that in the next episode, too. But when stress hits, don't think of exercise in terms of goals or weight loss. Just think of exercise as a way to calm your cortisol levels and keep your body functioning optimally. And I guess you could also think of it as a way to stave off body fat because you're keeping everything going and not adding to your stress, which can add also to your body fat. Now, we also know that if you don't move your body, you're going to get stiff. You'll be more prone to injury from simple little tasks, and there's going to be a whole slew of other problems. So your mantra for stressful times should be, I move my body to keep it healthy. So that's actually mantra number one. Because too often we're in that all or nothing mindset that, you know, if I can't get a great workout, I'm not going to do anything at all because it's not going to be productive and help me. And that's not true. It, every little bit is going to help you, even if it's just taking a walk around the block. Just keeping those muscles moving and taking a little bit of time to clear your head is going to make a huge difference in how you feel. You know, remember that brushing the teeth example? You know, you don't skip that when you're stressed out. So maybe just a few slow, mindful squats in the morning or a walk when you get home, maybe even it's just five minutes or your favorite on-demand video, like maybe on one of my websites <laughs> or go to the YouTube, uh, my YouTube channel and look at my epic fail videos. And that's definitely sure to make you laugh, but you have to actually do some of the exercises with me, not just watch it and laugh at me like some of my clients do. And this too requires some sort of planning or daily structure. So using a calendar or a planner or at least having some sort of structure for your days is going to help you reduce your stress because you can plan out where you need to be, what you need to eat, what you need to bring with you, 
when you're going to get your workouts done um, and maybe even more details on your workouts and you can kind of plan for the whole week so that you're mentally prepared for the fact that you know you can either get a full workout in but if you can't then you know you can kind of modify it and just hit the large body parts but at least you're going to tell yourself I still exercise to move my body and every little bit helps. So mantra number two in this scenario would be I'm going to get in whatever exercises I can. Some exercise is better than none and gets me closer to my goal rather than farther away. And this is called being adaptable. And of course, more about that in the next episode. There's obviously a huge topic here on stress and what we need to do about it. So anyways, that's going to be continued in the next episode. Tool number four is the top questions to ask yourself, and you may want to write them down and put them somewhere so that, you know, when you start to get off track or stressed out, you can look at them and say, okay, wait a minute, this is what I need to ask myself. First is, what nutritional value does this give me if I eat it right now? And that pertains to any food that you might begin to stress eat or are thinking about stress eating. Then the second one is, if I eat this, am I going to feel terrible about it afterwards? Am I going to feel guilty? Am I going to feel horrible and beat myself up? So this is another way that you can save yourself from eating needlessly when stressed is to remember, you know, food is not the answer to your stress. It can actually cause more stress. So you're going to stop and use your head, not your stomach. And when you ask yourself, you know, what nutritional value does this give me if I eat this right now, then you're going to actually, first of all, delay so that gives your body a chance and your mind a chance to kind of catch up and reassess the situation. And this is actually something that I use to help me really turn a corner away from mindless munching. You know, when I looked at something, I asked myself, am I, am I really craving this? Is this going to satisfy what urge I have to eat right now? And if my answer was no, then I didn't eat it because I knew that if I did, I would still be looking for something to satisfy whatever craving that was. And a lot of times it wasn't even food that was needed to satisfy that craving. You know, sometimes it was just hydration or just needing to get a little exercise to clear my head. So another trick is to ask yourself, if I eat this, am I going to feel horrible about it afterwards? Am I going to feel guilty and beat myself up over it? And if you answer yes, then you know it's not worth eating because you know it's not going to make you feel any better and there's no need to torture yourself further. So the new habit to create here is to stop and think. And maybe it takes a couple of seconds to consider and think about it. And maybe you would just rather dive into the whole chocolate cake. But you realize that, you know, maybe a little piece of it will be good for me and satisfy what I need. Or maybe you realize that, you know what, if you have a little bit, you're going to want more. And if that's the case, you just say, no, I'm not going to have any um, because it's not what I really want. And I don't have the opportunity to eat more when I don't really need it in the first place. Your goal is to create a new habit to stop and use your brain to end destructive behavior. And overeating or stress eating is destructive behavior because it doesn't get you closer to any goal that you have. And in reality, it can actually be that you're masking the real issue and, of course, creating a new stress and creating a new problem. And that's certainly not going to get you any closer to your goals. So when you start incorporating this new habit, you'll likely find the real problem. And since you didn't use food to take away the focus from the real issue, you can actually be proud of yourself for breaking that cycle of using food to get away from your real problem. And I always find it fascinating that they actually come up with terms for these things. And the Mayo Clinic of College Medicine uses a term called experiential avoidance. 
And this is defined as attempts to avoid thoughts, feelings, sensations, or internal experiences, even when doing so creates harm in the long run. And that's kind of what is happening when we're turning to food when we're stressed. And I'll read this from the Wikipedia page because I think it says it pretty well. Experiential avoidance is when short-term relief of discomfort is achieved through avoidance, thereby increasing the likelihood that the avoidance behavior will persist. Now, of course, you can look this up on that Wikipedia page and read all about it because it actually is pretty interesting when you start to realize that we all do some of this behavior. But the bottom line is catching the behavior, noticing it, recognizing it, and then taking steps to change it, to create new habits. And nothing gets fixed right away, and that's kind of what habits are. There are things that we do over and over again without thinking. And as we know, they can be good habits and bad habits, or productive and destructive habits. So the best thing to do is to recognize those destructive habits and start to change them. And the more we do that, the easier it becomes, and then we don't even have an issue with it anymore. Well, at least in theory. I will also put a link to a YouTube video that I found that I thought was a really good explanation of this whole concept too. And it was short and it's really interesting. So you might want to watch that as well. And I'll put that on the fitgirlpodcast.com site. All of this applies also to your exercise routine. So tool number three, where we're talking about perspective, mindfulness, and your mantras, well, that's the same thing. Take a different perspective from your workouts, especially on those days where you're like really dragging and maybe you're kind of dreading it and you don't want to do it because you don't feel strong. Well, that's okay. Aim for workouts to be something where you're just improving a little bit, not necessarily on every single exercise or in every single way, but just the fact that maybe you're paying more attention to what you're doing. Or maybe you just go in and skip your whole regular plan and say, you know what, I'm just going to do stuff that I don't normally do. Or I'm going to do machines instead of dumbbells. Or I'm going to do even worse than machines and dumbbells that I don't like to do. You can also just do the same exercises, but change the tempo. And that will force your mind to concentrate on something other than the exercise you're doing. You actually have to count your negative and positive repetitions for tempo. So for example, going a four count slowly down and a two count up, or a six count down and a four count up. I mean, any combination you want, but something that really gets your mind to focus on what you're doing. Or you can just do some of those exercises that you haven't done in a long time. Either way, give your body a different perspective, which will also help your mind get a different perspective on the exercise and not feel so stressed about doing it. I mean, it should be something that's enjoyable and kind of fun, you know, not just to work and more stress. And this is also going to force you to leave your comfort zone, which is in your subconscious mind going to let you know that it's okay to leave that comfort zone. And it's actually going to kind of give that mind a little pep talk too. You know, kind of like, hey, this is okay in this realm, so it's probably okay in those other realms. We'll talk a little more about exercise and mindfulness in the next episode. For now, focus on the tools that can help you. The first one being plan and control, and that applies to your meals and your workouts. Number two is make the conscious choice to avoid turning to food when you're stressed out. And you do that by asking yourself a few key questions. You know, am I craving this because I'm missing something? Or am I turning to this to avoid another problem? And tool number three, which is change your perspective. Maybe use a mantra and include some mindfulness in what you're doing. 
And then tool number four, ask yourself the top questions, which are, what nutritional value does this give me if I eat it right now? And if I eat this, am I going to beat myself up later about it? So there are four great tools to help you avoid eating or overeating during stressful situations. And since we're heading into the holidays, there's going to be a lot of those. So by the time the new year rolls around, if you keep applying these tools, you'll be more than prepared for the new year with a slew of new habits that are both positive and productive. So I almost forgot to tell you about the big update for the Strong and Powerful community. Now what this is, is taking all of my content, websites, different workouts and everything and putting it all into one place. And I know I haven't told you where it is, but I'm telling you now that everything is coming together and I'm adding more and more of the different items there. So that basically it'll be a huge archive from probably the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years of workouts, both written ones that you can like print out and have exercise examples on them and use as your own workout log and tracking sheet and then ones that you can just do on demand as well along with all the nutrition information and different things that I've had out there for a long time. So what I'm trying to do is give it give you a place where you have kind of like a library of a good source of information but also more importantly a whole community of people who are also like-minded and are going towards their fitness goals in different parts of their journey is, is what I call that. So basically you might be starting out, you may have had some setbacks, you might be an intermediate person that's you know just not consistent, um, or you're just looking for some sort of accountability or extra support. I mean, of course, I have coaching sessions and things like that, but if you want to just not have to worry about the cost of that, this is a perfect way to do that because the community will be included and there's still a handful of the free memberships that include everything available. So make sure that you are on one of my lists. So you can go to fitgirlpodcast.com or fitnessmakeover.com and sign up for my newsletter. And that's going to get you on the list so that when I send out that information on that website, you can click on that and get one of those free memberships. Um, otherwise, they're not going to be very expensive, um, but there's definitely a way to get everybody all together in one place because I have found over time that support seems to be the one thing everyone is lacking. And if you have a place that you can go and ask questions with people who think kind of the same way you do, not just kind of out there or somebody on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, because there's so many random things out there that are not true, um, then if you have a qualified source, which would be me and some other people that are very highly regarded in our community, then you can have a good solid answer and not keep looking for those answers and wasting time. So yes, it's kind of a completely different concept than what's out there. And that's usually what I do is kind of throw things out there about 10 years ahead of my time. So hopefully this won't be that way. Hopefully it'll actually be timely and not be something popular 10 years from now, like some other concepts that I had, well, 10 or 15 years ago. Either way, you're going to be kind of on the forefront of it because the, the first uh, certain number of members are actually going to be people of helping me figure out how to explain to other people how to navigate the site and what's involved and how to access the information in kind of a non-overwhelming way, maybe like a step-by-step plan or class or something. Um, as I get closer to it being 100% done and get some feedback, then I'll be doing a webinar. So same kind of thing applies. If you're on the newsletter list, you'll get notification first and we'll go from there. My goal, of course, is to have one place 
for all of my stuff so that I can easily reference it, um, different things that I may have talked about in the past that we cover in a certain podcast episode or people have questions about. And I can say, hey, go read this article or hey, go listen to this podcast. And more importantly, I can have a place where people have questions that not only when I answer them for that person, there's other people that can go back and read them and see what those answers are. So I guess it would be kind of like a forum, but a more modern version. So cross between a forum and a Facebook page, maybe, and definitely private because I really don't want to have, you know, just spammers or trollers or whatever they're called now. You know, I want people who are really serious about what they're doing and who are going to be supportive. So there's obviously not going to be any tolerance for any negativity or any bashing or anything like that, because the community is about supporting each other, but more importantly about helping each other improve our own lives and the lives of others by sharing our own experiences, which not only we learn from, but so do other people. So it's quite valuable in many different perspectives. And it's not only fitness, it's also about mindset and motivation, the way you think, why you do the things you do, and of course, nutrition. So it's all those three components rolled into one. So it's going to be a big jump forward in fitness, I think. And if you're on board with me, then I would love it because I think it'll be a really fun thing for all of us to engage in, and I think it's going to benefit a lot of people too. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com, allinoneworkout.com, or coachkira.com.